Well, good morning and welcome to everyone here and those joining us at all of our campuses, our online West Tonka and Bush Lake campus. It's so good to be together. My name is Zach and I have the joy of serving as one of the pastors here on, st on staff at Westwood. And today it's my honor and joy to continue in our summer sermon series on the Psalms. Say that five times fast. I'm kidding. We're in the book of Psalms, Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. It's called the Psalms of Ascent. And these are the Psalms that the nation of Israel, the people of God, that they would sing and recite together as they would go up to the city of Jerusalem for some of the, uh, um, the festivals that they had there in Jerusalem. And so this was really their playlist of sorts that they had as they went on their journey. And as I think about their journey and the playlist that they had, I, it's reminding me of a time whenever I was a kid back in seventh grade, whenever I took a journey um, to the National Scout Jamboree. So we left my home country of Texas to go to Virginia, and uh, some of y'all got that, but we journeyed along there. And on our way, we took a quick pit stop in Tennessee to go whitewater rafting on the Ocoee River. Now, this is my first time going whitewater rafting, and it was pretty cool. And so we jumped into the raft, and we got going down the, the river, and uh, it was pretty tame the first half of the trip. But then our guide came up, and he said, hey, just a heads up, it's about to get real. And we're like, what does that mean? And like before we could even figure it out, like we were rushed down into like this water chute and we were like pinballing around, kind of like bobbleheads going all over the place. Like, you know what it is. And then all of a sudden we were like spinning around until all of a sudden our raft came up against this rock. We kind of got pushed up and then we were kind of like stuck there. And it's like, oh, what's, what's going to happen? And then we, we, we got pushed out and, and we began to spin even more. And as we did that, we actually started to take water on on one side. And I'm like on one side of the raft and I'm kind of like floating up. And I look down across the raft to see one of my adult leaders. Okay, and it's like seventh grade slow motion mine. I see him fling back and his face go under the water. And for a moment, I lean forward and I go, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. And then all of a sudden reality kicked in and we're like, oh my gosh, man overboard. And we all kind of rushed in and we could kind of see him starting to float down the river and we like grabbed him and pulled him into the raft as quick as we could. And we we're all sitting there like breathing, like this was unreal and this was amazing. And he was safe, like everything was okay in that moment. But we came to a realization uh, that we had very little control over that whitewater rafting experience because the water was so wild and crazy. We felt overwhelmed and overpowered, and we needed some help in that moment. And while it's a little bit of a humorous story and illustration, I think that it relates to many of our lives as well. Because maybe for some, you are in a season or you find yourself moving into a season where you feel overwhelmed, you feel overpowered, you feel like you have zero control of what's going on around you, and you need some help in that moment. You know, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we feel like there is this constant pressure and tension that's pushing into our lives, that's challenging our convictions and, and how we try to be and love like Jesus in this life. Maybe for others of us, we feel powerless because we continue to get that health diagnosis, whether for ourselves or for that loved one. Maybe there is relational strain and we feel like we have zero control or we're just so overwhelmed with our place of employment. And because we find ourselves in these moments of just crying out to God, we, we pray what Pastor Joel says, the simplest seven-word prayer that we can pray. God, help me, help me, help me. <laughs> and that becomes our prayer each and every day. And so we, when we look at Psalm 124, we actually begin to see that. We, we see the nation of Israel as they're going up, crying out to God who is their help. When they might feel overwhelmed, overpowered, or losing control. 
And so as we dig into Psalm 124 today, we will see exactly that, that God is our help. Now, just a word. God is not our servant. He's not our butler. He is our protector. He is the provider. He is our gritty guardian in this journey of life. And so as we walk through Psalm 124, we're really going to see three key points. I want to give you a roadmap for it. We'll see, first of all, um, the presence of the Lord. We'll see that in this Psalm that God is present with the nation of Israel and he's present with us today. Uh, Second, because God is present, we'll see that there is protection from danger, that whatever is swirling around us, God protects. And because he is present and he protects, that leads to our third point, which is praise. Praise for God, how there is a response in our lives for who God is and what he's done. So we see presence, we see protection, and we see praise. And so let's go ahead and jump in to Psalm 124. And as has been our custom over the last several weeks, I wanna invite you, those here and everyone joining us online, and even if you're at home online campus, let's all stand together uh, as the, the words come on the screen and let's unite our hearts and our words together. Let's read these words here. It says this, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, When people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our Lord is in, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. All right, y'all sound great. Thanks so much. You can go ahead and grab a seat. Now, whenever we come to the Psalms, we have to understand, first of all, that the Psalms is really Hebrew poetry. And whenever we think about poetry, a lot of times there is a structuring in poetry. Now, I wasn't the greatest English student in high school, but I remember whenever we talked about poetry, there is in English, iambic pentameter. Okay, some of y'all know, some of you are like, what is iambic pentameter? Well, the same thing is true in Hebrew. There is a structure within the Hebrew poetry that we see here in Psalm 124. Let me explain it to you really quick. It is called a chiastic structure. Say chiastic structure. Chiastic structure. And here is how a chiastic structure works. You see, the the first part of the verses, line A, typically mirrors the last part of the verses as well. So verse one might mirror uh, verse seven. And then you move in and to the second line, the second verse is gonna mirror the second to last. uh, And there's gonna be some similarities. There's gonna be some parallels. And then finally, that third line, that line C is unique and it's separate and it stands alone as something to be called out, uh, something to be acted upon. And so if you are just jotting notes, if you're an avid note taker, or if you even want to take out your phone, I won't judge you. The person next to you might, I'm kidding. But if you want to snap a photo, here's how Psalm 124 breaks down in this chiastic structure. We see verses one through 2a, the presence of the Lord mirrored down in verse eight, speaking about how the Lord is present. And then the second point that we'll see is we'll see that there's protection from danger. Verses 2b to five, and then also mirrored in verses seven through six. And then right there, that line C, that unique part that stands out on its own is speaking about the praise for God. Uh, That whatever we're experiencing, we can still step in and praise God because he is good and he is faithful. And so with this, this chiastic structure in place, let's go in first and look at the presence of the Lord. We can begin to unpack this and understand a little bit more. 
And so when the psalm opens up, it begins by saying, um, if it had not been for the Lord. And then there's a pause in the psalm and it says, let Israel, let the people of God say, and then they repeat it again. They say, if it had not been for the Lord. And so this was really a psalm that was kind of a call and response psalm. This is a communal psalm that they would say together. And then as they continue along in this psalm, there's really this if then statement set up. If it had not been for the Lord, then this would have happened. Then this would have happened. Then this would have happened. And so we see that rhythmically throughout the psalm in their lives. And so when we think about it, that very first thing that they say is, if it had not been for the Lord, because God is present, God is with them, God was right by their side. And so when we think about this, there's really this, this problem that the nation of Israel was facing and really the backdrop of what they were journeying through. And before we really dig into that problem or that dilemma, what we can begin to understand is that there was nations all around them beginning to, uh, wanting to come in and wipe them out, really trying to, to raid this nation. And so there was this potential of them being uh, just wiped out as a nation, but yet they chose to continue to move on and to move up the, uh, the, nation, uh, up, up the hillside into Jerusalem, to move towards going up the presence of God for these festivals. And so what we can understand is that despite the hardship, despite the problem that was all around them, they remained faithful to this pilgrimage that they had. But while I think about that, while I think about the problem that they experienced, I, I want to dig into that a little bit more because I think it's so relevant for us. You know, when you hear that problem that they might have faced, what emotion do you think that they were probably experiencing? It, it was probably this emotion of fear. I mean, think about it. They could have been going up and a raiding nation could have come by and wiped them out. And yet, despite the fear, they remained faithful. They kept moving forward. And I think about that a lot of times. What is it that fear has the potential to do in our lives? Well, if we allow fear to run rampant, fear can really paralyze us. It can really hinder us from moving forward. Uh, fear can really stop us in our tracks. And I think that for each and every one of us, we might be experiencing fear right now where we might be entering into a season where fear is gonna be uh, mounting up before us. And, and if we're not careful, this, this massive amount of fear is gonna cause us to, to stop right in our place. Okay, we might have fear, you know, from truly living out our faith to really living into this calling that we have to be and love like Jesus. We might have fear of inviting someone to church or inviting people into knowing Jesus. Uh, we might have fear around raising our kids and, and what tomorrow is gonna look like. We might have fear around our place of occupation and employment. And when we have fear, we're gonna be standing rights in our place. And I think about it, a lot of times, whenever you begin to look at it, if we come to a fork in the road moment, and we were faced with a decision of obtaining the status quo or making a decision that involves even just the slightest bit of risk, our minds are naturally wired to choose comfort and to choose the status quo. We don't wanna take on much risk. That's, that's not our, naturally, our natural wiring. And so then what is the antidote to fear? Are you ready for it? The antidote to fear is action. All right, it's moving forward. It's not allowing ourselves uh, to be paralyzed, to be standing right where we are uh, in this moment, it's, we're called to move forward despite the fear. And so when I think about this, I'm reminded of a story that I had when I was a, a younger kid. Um, I had a chance when I was, I think I was in eighth grade, to go and stay the night at one of my best friend's house. His name was Taylor. And Taylor had an older brother who was about three years older than us. And, uh, you know, we were the, those little mischievous younger brothers, all right? And uh, I did something that, you know, I'm not too proud of, but I'm going to share it with you anyways, okay? So he was there with us, his older brother, and wanted to be annoying, I ran up, I pinched his skin, and I twisted, okay? Y'all know what that is. I'm not going to say what it is, okay? 
But I did it, all right? I'm not too proud of it, all right? Just a few years ago. And at that moment, here's, here's what happened. Dude got triggered, okay? He began to chase me around the house. He's like, I'm gonna get you back so bad. And I'm like running around like, ah! I'm like so afraid for my life. Okay, and I'm running around, it's like nine or 10 o'clock at night and his parents are already asleep. And so I did what I could. I ran into the only place that I thought was safe where Taylor was and it was the main floor half bath, a three foot by five foot bathroom. Okay, and we slammed the door and we locked it and he's walking up. He's like, I'm gonna get you. He's, he's banging on the door and we're just like shaking in our boots and we're kind of smirking a little bit. We're like, oh, we're so mischievous, yeah. And then, but then we're also afraid and then all of a sudden it goes quiet and we're like, okay, well, what's, what's uh, maybe he left. And so after about five, 10 minutes, we kind of unlocked the door and we ever so slightly opened it up and we looked out and his older brother actually went upstairs, grabbed his mattress and pillow and came down and was camping right outside our door. And so we slammed the door, we locked it, we like barricaded everything we could and we're like, what do we do, what do we do? And we were so caught up in fear in that moment that we stayed in that little three foot by five foot half bath for three hours. Okay, now mind you, this is before cell phones. We couldn't call the cops at that time, all right? And so we were so worried, we were so fearful of what would happen that we were actually just like stuck right there in that moment until at at about one o'clock in the morning, we're like, that's it, all right? time for us to move. Uh, we're going to, you know, we had this plan. It's like, you distract him and I'll go and I'll get him, you know, and, and we don't know what we were thinking. And so finally we hyped ourselves up and we flung the door open and he was gone. In fact, the very next day when we were talking to him, he's like, yeah, I, I left after like 25 minutes. <laughs> what do you mean you were in there for three hours, you know? But I just think about it. it there was nothing for us to be afraid of. And the reality for us as followers of Jesus There's nothing for us to be afraid of because we know the one who has victory, all right? Yet some of us are metaphorically stuck right where we are at and we're not moving forward, we're not advancing because fear has characterized our life. But what we see in the nation of Israel and what we can see for us to be true today is it's calling us to, to take an action, to pursue courage. Now courage, courage means action even when we might feel fear. All right, courage doesn't mean the absence of fear, it means continuing to move forward even if there's some, uh, some fear within us. So how is it that we get courage? Oh, we get courage from the presence of God. And so hang with me, what is God's presence? It's the manifestation and the revelation of God's character and attributes. That we say God is a God of love and a God of truthfulness. And so when we think about the relationship between love and fear, I mean, we come back to 1 John 4, 18. Perfect love casts out fear. And so we can have hope in that, that in God's presence, we can have courage and that can eradicate the fear that we might be experiencing. And so if we were to really put words around this first point about God's presence, I think we could ultimately say this, God's presence is greater than our problems. Okay, God's presence is greater than our problems. We could say it this way, God's victory triumphs over our fears. And so a lot of times I I think about this, okay, what is my view of God's presence? Do I have a small view of God's presence? Right, some of us might flip that equation around and we might say God's presence is smaller than our problems. But friends, I wanna invite you, understand, know God's presence is far greater than uh, anything that's going on in our lives right now, that he is with us by our side. That he's guiding us and he's directing our steps. And so that's the first point. And when we begin to understand God's presence in our lives, that then leads into the second point. And so we continue, we move along in this chiastic structure. We see after God's presence, now we see his protection or his presence leads to protection from danger. 
Okay, so whatever it is that we might be experiencing, that God is with us in this. And so we can continue along in verse two. Look at what it says here in verse two. It says this. If it had not been the Lord who is on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Okay, you can see throughout this, these verses here, you can begin to understand the description of the people's anger that they have, that it's saying that the people's anger is one of, of, of just rage. And in fact, in the Hebrew, it actually has this, this crazy idea that it says their noses are red. It's like their faces are red hot with anger towards God's people. And because of their anger, it's going to be like a torrent, like a raging water that's going to sweep over them and, and, and overwhelm them. Very similar to that opening story I shared whenever we were whitewater rafting. We had zero control in that moment and we were crying out for help. And that's what we see here. The psalmist is saying a lot of times we are up against people's rage and anger and we can't control how they're going to respond. Uh, we can't control people's anger and rage towards us as we try to live in step with God's calling for our lives. But despite that, we can take great hope. Because looking back at verse two, it, it says this, if it had not been the Lord. Okay, if it had not been the Lord, what, what does this mean, right? Uh, what does it mean to, to, to see the Lord? It, it means this, it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. And so when we think about this, it's a reality that God is on our side. He's at our side. He is our ever-present help. And so as we think about this idea, God would never have pulled us out of the raging water. Why? Because God would never have allowed us to be in the raging water in the first place. Okay, he is with us. He's present. His presence ultimately then leads to protection. And that's our second point here. We see this. God's presence lends protection. God's presence lends protection in our lives for whatever it is that we are experiencing. Now we might feel like, oh man, I feel like I'm getting swept out. But know this truth, God is with you in all things. So he doesn't just protect us from the raging waters. He doesn't just protect us from the torrent that's looking to sweep our feet out. But God also protects us from those who are trying to lay a trap. And so the second part of this chiastic structure going down to verse seven, it says this, uh, we have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is kind of like a trap idea. We have escaped like a bird from the trap of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Okay, whenever I read this, I, I gotta be honest, there was a song that came to mind. Because a lot of times we think about what does it mean to be uh, God's people, right? It's like, oh, we're the church, you know, we're, we're built up, the this, this stronghold. Uh, but here in this psalm, it says, we are like a bird, and the song that came to mind was a song that I heard when I was a kid, sung by the one and only Nelly Furtado. I'm like a bird. None of y'all know it. It's okay. <laughs> I always fly away. In fact, I went to the worship team. I'm like, listen, y'all, we gotta do I'm like a bird by Nelly Furtado. And they're like, no way, Zach. We're not covering that song this week. It's probably a good thing they didn't listen to me. But what you can see, three of y'all got that joke. It's like, okay. Great, you're gonna go listen to Spotify. Listen to Even So this week, not Nelly Furtado. All right, just a just plug there. But what we can understand, what we can begin to see is that the, the nation of Israel, the, the, the God's people, they are like birds that ultimately at the end of the day, we are almost gonna have a, a trap laid for us that, that we will be stepping into, that these people who are rageful, they, they want us to trip up. They want us to be caught up in this time. And so what do we do whenever we find ourselves almost in a trap and ensnared? Uh, well, the, the image that came to mind is one of these. How many of y'all have ever seen these, right? 
little finger trap, right? Okay. So I got to kind of thinking about how this is a, a great metaphor for how God protects us from the trap. Now, some of y'all are really nervous because you're like, what if he can't get out of that trap? I'd be like, Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands. Okay. But whenever we get to this trap, you know, a lot of times we kind of, we kind of freak out a little bit. We're like, ah, ah, and we're trying to, to pull out against it. And I think that a lot of times this is what happens. You know, whenever we find ourselves being ensnared by rageful people, um, we try to fight against it. We try to pull against it. And sure, you know, if you're strong enough, you could maybe break it. But really the, the key to this, how many of y'all know the key to getting out of this trap? The key is not to pull out, but it's rather to lean in. And as you lean in, voila, magic trick. I'll be here all week. Applause, everyone. No, <laughs> No, but what we see, the metaphor that I want you to understand is you lean into it. What is it that we're called to lean into? We're called to lean into the one who provides protection and presence for us. Now, whenever we find ourselves almost ensnared or entrapped, is it fight or is it flight? I think it's a third thing. I think it's faithfulness. Faithfulness to the calling that God has given us, knowing that he is the one who fights our battles for us, knowing that he is the one who provides protection uh, it's not combating, but it is confidence in God and in his provision for whatever it is that we are experiencing. And so God's presence lends protection. Uh, this doesn't mean to just avoid it. It means to stand firm in faithfulness with the convictions that God has called us to. So know that truth, that God is with us, fighting our battles by our side and within us. And so God's presence is greater than our problems. And God's presence leads to protection in our lives. And so now we come to this really third part of this chiastic structure. And we go back, presence, protection, and we see uh, this, this middle section, this, this praise for God in our lives. And, and so we see the nation of Israel calling out because they've got God's presence, they've got protection. Now they're praising God. Look at verse six, it says these words. It says, blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. I mean, just these few words right here. Blessed be the Lord, praise be the Lord, praise be to God who has not given us as prey to their teeth. And so when I think about this, I, I think about how important, you know, praise and worship really is in our lives. I, I think about how um, a lot of times whenever we find ourselves just caught up and enraptured in pure praise and pure worship, that a lot of times, whatever it is that we're experiencing, the, the nerves, the, the sense of being overwhelmed or overpowered, it, it seems to dissipate a little bit. You know, sometimes I say, you know, worship alleviates worry. But one of the axioms that I've had to adopt in my own life is, is this, this axiom right here. It goes like this, praise is the pathway to peace. Okay, think about this, praise is the pathway to peace. That as we're saying, blessed be the Lord, as we're saying, praise be to God, worship be to God, that's whenever we can experience peace and shalom. As the Hebrews say, the, the, the shalom is this wholeness, it's, it's oneness, it's being made right. And so praise, whenever we find ourselves praising God, lifting up his name, that's whenever we will experience peace in our lives. And so as we think about worship and praise, just a really quick word around that. Worship and praise is a lifestyle, okay? It means bringing all of who we are under all of who God is, all of who we are, our family, our career, our extracurriculars, whatever it might be, bringing all of who we are under all of who God is. And so this means that we can worship God at work, we can worship God on the way to work, we can worship God with our kids, but one of the most tangible expressions of worship and of praise comes through, obviously, our Sunday morning musical worship expression. Uh, that as we come together, as we sing and lift high the name of Jesus, as we lift high our good, gracious Savior and Father, 
that a lot of times that will alleviate the worry and the stress that we are experiencing in our lives. And so it kind of got me thinking a little bit because as a pastor, you know, I've had conversations with folks and I know this to be true of some folks and maybe even true for you today that because of the week that you've had or maybe the season that you find yourself in, just getting to church is a chore in and of itself. Just getting here on Sunday mornings and you walk through the doors and, and because of what you're navigating, what you're going through, because the overwhelming feeling that you have, you can't even open up your mouth to worship God. And so that's why communal corporate worship is so important. You see, because when we come in, sometimes we're not just sitting there and standing there and worshiping for ourselves. Get this, friends. We're actually worshiping for that person next to us who doesn't have the energy to, to sing and to praise God. You see, worship is not a spectator sport, but it is requiring active participation from each and every one of us that as we are in the community of faith with one another, lifting high the name of God, sometimes we do that on behalf of other people as well. And so friends, I wanna invite you, make it a priority to be with us on Sundays, to, to worship, to join our hearts and our words together because praise is the pathway to peace. I mean, I just thought about this this morning. I mean, I, I'm standing here, sitting here on the front row and I'm like, man, all the stress that I'm dealing with in my own life. Yes, I know, pastors, we get stressed too, believe it or not. But I, I, I mean, I just was so undone by the words of this new even so song. I mean, just that, that phrase, even so my soul will hope in the living God. And I was like, how timely is this? The next verse, it says this, fear's got no hold on me, right? Fear's got no hold on me as we hope in the living God. Let that be the anthem this week as we sing it out loud. And so may we praise and worship God. But then Jesus comes in in the gospel and he begins to clarify for us what worship is. He says, you will worship in spirit and in truth. And so there's a truthfulness, there's an object of our worship. And when I was in seminary, I began to try to unpack this a little bit more. What does it mean to worship in spirit and truth? And I adopted this phrase that theology is doxology. Theology is doxology. You're like, wow, that's cool. What does that even mean? Okay, well, theology, it means to have a better understanding, have a better knowledge of the object of our worship, namely God. And whenever we have a better understanding, a better knowledge of who God is, that should give us a greater, deeper understanding in our worship. So the greater our theology, the greater our worship. And we see this in the Psalm. We see this within the nation of Israel. Uh, that they knew who God was. God, you protected. God, you are present. You are with us. And that's going to burst forth within our lives. Praise and worship to you. And there's one small final little thing that I, I want to call out in this passage, in this Psalm 124. Uh, they, they use the phrase, if God had not been with us. And in the Hebrew, it's the word imanu, calling to God. If imanu had not been with us. And you're like, okay, what, is, what does imanu mean? Well, imanu might sound similar to something that we say around Christmas time that God is Emmanuel, God with us, present tense. But what they're saying here is Imanu, past tense. If God had not been with us, then these things would have happened. And so what they're doing is they're looking in the rearview mirror to see all of God's faithfulness and how he has been a faithful God throughout their generations and, and even in their moment right now. And so what I wanna invite you into this week today is to think through God's resume in your life. Think about all the times that God has been with you, that all the times that God has shown up. Is it through a difficult circumstance that you have just felt God's presence? Is it through a health crisis and a health scare that all of a sudden turned well or that God was with you or you had community with you then? Is it a loved one coming back to Jesus? Think of all the times that God has been with you. And as we begin to see and understand the object of our worship, 
And as we enlarge that, it'll give us a greater sense of worship in our lives. And as I think about it, I, I think about how today there's no greater way to do that than by coming to the table with the bread and the cup. I, I think of no better resume of God than through these elements. You see, because in John 1, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That Jesus stepped out of eternity, out of heaven, to move into the chaos and the dysfunction. He's present. His body is with us. But then I think about protection. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that is alive and well in you and me for all of us who are believers in Christ. And when we understand his presence and his protection, that should burst forth in our hearts, praise and glory and worship to him. And so that's my invitation for us today. Don't just take this bread and this cup like some other action, but allow it to birth within you a deeper, more profound sense of praise and worship to God. May we do so for his glory and for our good. Would you please stand with me as we pray together? Gracious Father, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, that he's with us in all things, and that he is our great mighty warrior, that he protects us. And so, Lord, we pray that we can fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel overpowered, when we feel helpless and lacking control, may we look to Jesus. Uh, may we have a faithfulness in our conviction. And may our lives birth forth an amazing, beautiful song of praise and worship. May our lives be the instrument of praise for our good and for your glory. And so as we take this bread and this cup, may we do so with glad and sincere hearts for your glory and for our good. We pray all this in the beautiful, matchless name of Jesus, by the power of the Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen.